0: Before we uh, get in the word today, we're gonna be in Second Corinthians chapter nine. And before we do that, I've got another testimony. And if you're new to Park, I know sometimes it feels like, man, you guys have like a lot of people get up and tell stuff of what was going on. And, and that's because we believe in the, the priest of all believers, meaning we believe in an all-play that you guys get to do the stuff, and that when the Lord works, we wanna give him praise. We wanna be a people of celebration and testimony, and so we always try to make space for the testimonies of what God's doing. And um, we just try to fit them in. And you guys are always so generous about sharing what God's doing. It's unbelievable the things God's doing in our midst. So uh, I'm going to invite Kyle and Penelope to come up. Um, This is Kyle and Penelope Morrison. Uh, Yeah, you give them a round of applause. Uh, Penelope got in touch with me the other day. and She's like, I have just got to tell you what God's been doing in our lives. And God's laid this on my heart to share with Moran Park. And I was like, that is awesome. You should share that with Moran Park. And so... Uh, Penelope, why don't you tell us what God's been up to in, in the Morrison home, and the Morrison fam? I will,
1: thank you. Yeah. Um, I have to say, uh, normally I'm in the back wrangling small humans, so I recognize the back of your heads, but you guys are so beautiful from the front. Um, so thanks for letting me speak. My name's Penelope. One of those small humans that I am typically wrangling is Vivian, our third child. She was born about 13 months ago. And a few weeks after Vivian was born, I fell into a pretty severe postpartum depression and anxiety. And for me, that looked like um, it was very difficult for me to get out of bed. I cried a lot. Um, I genuinely felt like our kids would be better off with me, like I wasn't a good enough mother for them. Um, I was afraid to be alone with them when Kyle would be backing out of the driveway to do something like Go to work or go get groceries, um, my heart would just be pounding so hard because I felt like I wasn't capable of taking care of my own children by myself. Um, there were nights where I didn't sleep at all, um, I would have an infant who was like sleeping a four or five hour stretch, when you have a newborn it's like gold, and I would just be laying there just in a panic, awake, because I was just so depressed and so full of anxiety. Um, And so after 12 weeks I went back to work. I work at Holland Hospital Um, and for those of you who are working parents that in itself is always a really difficult transition. Um, So I was still really, really struggling and a few weeks after I went back to work I got a call in the middle of my workday from Kyle who was crying and this was not typical and he shared with me that um, his dean was not supporting his tenure. He at that time was a professor at Hope College Um, and we were totally blindsided by this, Um, not only because Kyle's an amazing professor, but because he was like nominated last year for Hope Outstanding Professor of the Year, and so this was just completely unexpected to us. And for those of you that aren't familiar with academia, um, if you don't get tenured, you lose your job. And so that is what ended up happening for Kyle. Um, So we have me depressed, anxious, and now um, with a husband who is not employed and three children to take care of. Um, So I would describe that as a rather rock-bottom moment in our lives, um, which just brought me to the point where I just was, like, crying out in absolute desperation, like, God, I cannot do this. Like, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, like, I cannot do this. This is all yours. I need you to take this because I can't. I I, I am literally at my rock-bottom. I can't do this. Um, And God is amazing because he completely changed my heart. Um, Everything changed and nothing changed. And when I say nothing changed, I mean we still had three kids in three totally different stages. Our kids are 13, 5, and 1. So it's like straight chaos at our house. A hundred percent of the time. We have like a teenager that thinks we're lame, a five-year-old that thinks she doesn't get enough attention even though she gets the most, and a one-year-old, which is just always crazy. Um, And so that wasn't any different. I still had an infant, which is really, really hard for me as a mom. That's just a hard stage for me. And Kyle was still without a job and without prospect of a job. But my heart was completely different. Like I was just genuinely able to say like, you know what? God has this. We don't even need to worry about it. Like God has us. He's not going to forsake us. I have literally no idea what his plan is for us, but I know he has this, and so my heart was completely different, except for this one little piece where I was still trying to hold on to control, where I'm like, listen, Kyle, God, whatever God's plan is, is great if it's here in Holland, that would be awesome, because, you know, I love this community, we have so many friends here, we love this church, so whatever your plan is, God, that's great, just try to keep keep it local, if you would. Um... (laughs) Apparently that's not the plan because a couple of weeks ago, um, God presented Kyle with an opportunity that is approximately 1,849 miles away. (laughs) And um, so Kyle will be leaving at the end of this week on Saturday um, to be a professor and coach at Pepperdine University, which is (laughs) a a Christian university in Malibu, California. And it is literally literally nothing short of a miracle that my heart could go from being nervous to be alone with my own kids for like two hours to being able to joyfully and peacefully and very sadly but joyfully and peacefully send my husband off to Malibu. It's a visiting professor position so for the next nine months I'll be wrangling small humans by myself in the back and Kyle will be missing us like crazy but don't feel that bad for him because that's 75 there in February. so. <laughs> And so I'm just, I am in absolute awe of what God has done in my heart. And it was because I completely gave up control. I'm the kind of person that likes to have a plan A, a plan B, and preferably a plan C and D if possible. Um, And I have realized God has shown me, like, that's not my job. My job is not to have the plan. My job, our job, is to give God control and to be obedient to the next right thing. And even though we have no idea what it looks like after this, and it's going to be scary, and we're going to miss each other like crazy, we are both 100% sure that this is God's next step for our family, and we are just taking that step in faith and obedience um, to see what he has in store for us.
0: Amen. Oh God. God. I think we can just go home after that one. Sorry.
1: You're good? I'm no, good. Yeah.
0: Um, I want to. I want to pray for Kyle and send him off. And then um, I don't know if she gave you a heads up. I have you pray for me, okay? As we get into the word, but before we do that, I want to say something. He he might not cry a lot, but I I do. Which oh, you? Oh, know, he does. Right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're like crying nonstop.
0: <laughs> um, I, I'm just so grateful. Moran Park's always a community that is honest with, with what's going on, and therefore. We get, to, we get to mourn with those who mourn, but we also get to rejoice with those who rejoice. So, Moran Park, I'm just so grateful because people ask, how are you doing? It's like, you know, honestly, pretty, pretty horrible, and this is why. And so, just you guys are modeling that for us, what it means to be honest in your pursuit of the Lord together. And we get to rejoice with you now because we get to be brought into the pain and the hurt. So, thank you. I also, I checked with this ahead of time with her, which I, I don't always do, but... Um, we believe, right, it's an all play. We all have gifts and skills and stories to share, is what Josh talked about last week with, with um, the back row. But listen, there's a lot of you moms that are struggling with postpartum depression. It's a legit thing. It's pretty common. And um, I'm, I'm not the one that's going to be able to give you a lot of guidance, but, but she is. And so if that's something on your heart, struggling, just talk to Penelope afterwards. Find her. She'll be up front. You'll be up front? Okay, cool. Um,
1: Until they make me take my kids back. <laughs>
0: that's right. <laughs> we'll just send them up. It's fine. Right? Um, but just chat with Penelope, right? And, and if, if you are uh, even a, a guy that's struggling with loss of job, um, I don't know. Like women, I think we struggle with that too. But especially guys, a lot of our identity can be wrapped up in job of like the loss of that and the, the heartache and the struggle with that. Kyle's more willing to talk to you in the next week or go visit him in Southern California. This this winter, right? <laughs> So, praise the Lord for you guys and just the work you do here. So, I'm going to attempt to pray over you, Kyle, and then when I'm done, you can pray for, for me, okay? So, Rand, you want to just extend a hand instead of all coming forward? I'm going to come around here. Whew. Jesus, what a Testimony. What a testimony of your faithfulness, God, of a life surrendered to you. I thank you for not only Kyle, but for Penelope as well, laying their life on the altar before you, saying, Jesus, you're worth it all. So God, I thank you for giving them a revelation of your glory, of your supreme goodness and power and worth, God. And in response to that, God, you've given them the grace to lay down their lives for you. That they're willing to do whatever you say, whenever you say, however you say to do it, because they know that you're worthy, God. So I pray, God, as Kyle goes forth, that you would continue to remind him of that, those times where you've revealed your worth to him. you revealed your all and your glory to him, God, that he would walk in the confidence of you speaking to him and Penelope and their family and what you've asked them to do. God, I pray that you continue to equip them for the work ahead, God, that you'd equip them to what you're calling him to to step into as a coach, as a professor, God, in this new season, God, that you would uh, bring students along who are hungry for more of you, God, and that you would give him the the words and the wisdom to spur them on in a greater pursuit of you, God. I just pray for the practical nuts and bolts of this season for them, of uh, getting just needing to have stuff done of being separately separate God and getting ready for him to leave. So I pray your peace and your blessing over him and his family today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. All right, why don't you pray for me, bro? (laughs)
1: I'm amazed that I'm the one crying the least.
2: (laughs) Heavenly Father, you are um, the ultimate redeemer. You restore our hearts. You restore our minds. You give us clarity. But it takes us bowing at the altar to do that. Lord, in deep sorrow and mourning, there is still a flicker of light at the end of the tunnel, Lord. And I just pray that um, Britain's word today would edify and show that, that in the darkest of circumstances, in the toughest of days, you are still there. We just need to take one step in obedience in order to gain a clear understanding of your will for our lives. So be in Britain's words today. Let him take a step of obedience to surrender any plans he may have. And give him the words, give him the guidance to speak into our minds. And let us hear your word. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks, guys. Give him a round of applause. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, All right. All right. Um, All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. I'm going to read three verses, but we're going to spend our time with one verse today. We've been working our way through 2 Corinthians, and just a little bit of recap here. Uh, Chapters 8 and 9, Paul is writing all about generosity. He's writing to the church in Corinth, saying, Guys, Don't forget you've uh, agreed to help out the church in Jerusalem that's struggling financially. Uh, You've agreed to give money not out of obligation or guilt but out of your own free will and out of what God's doing in your heart to give to the Lord. And so this whole thing is about just how do we live a generous life. And and, um, two weeks ago we talked about the first step in a generous life is the first, as it says in the beginning of chapter 8, is to give ourselves wholly to the Lord. To lay our lives to the Lord. It's all yours, God. My whole life, my will. That, that's what the, the Morrisons just demonstrated to us. That's what a life looks like. This says it's all yours. No matter what, God, I want to follow you. The next thing that Josh talked about last week was, as we give ourselves wholly to the Lord, second, we give ourselves to one another. Displaying our love towards one another as brothers and sisters. So it's that background. I want to look at it briefly, a couple of verses. Chapter 9, verse 6. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. All right, amen. Okay, before I get into the passage, I need a uh, help of a friend, uh, a young friend. I'm so glad that the kids are in the service this summer. Uh, just a reminder, uh, Labor Day is going to be the first weekend that we're going to have normal children's ministry. But uh, is there a third grader in the house that's willing to help me with something up here? Let's go for a third grader. Yes. All right. Yes. Love it. Okay. Uh, Once you introduce yourself, tell everyone your name. Levi. Levi. Levi was showing me this rock book. This guy loves, like, uh, science, don't you? Yes. Okay, this is perfect. So, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, all right? I've got two pans, and this is full of dirt. You can see, everyone, this is dirt. Is that, once you feel it, touch it, is that real dirt? No trick dirt, real dirt, right? Okay, great. Is there any worms in it? No, no. He asked if there are any worms in it. I don't think so, but uh, it's possible. All right here's what I want you to do, I want you to sow in this one, I want you to plant some seeds in this first one, buddy, but be real careful, I don't have a ton, and this is some special stuff, and it's not all going to take root, and I don't want to waste any of it, and I don't know what kind of water it's going to get this week, and so be careful, all right, good, not too much, I don't want, don't want to waste it, all right, perfect, nice job, okay, I got another, some seed here, this is some good seed too, Um, but why don't you spread it, and we want to make sure this stuff grows, so, so, be generous with it. Spread a lot of seed on there, man. Let me get a good handful. Big old handful. Dump. Yes. Yeah, Why don't you. Yeah, perfect. All over. I still see some bare spots. Why don't you get some more in there? Get another good handful. Yep. Don't, oh, yeah, don't, don't leave anything bare. Good. If, if we run out, I got plenty more where this came from. Don't worry about it. Let's just do one more hand, handful in there. You know what? Actually, let's just dump the, just dump the whole thing out in there. Just go ahead, let her rip. Yeah, now we're, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good. You did a great job. All right, let's, let's show everyone the first one, right? I'm going to, hopefully not. You see that? Okay, it's the first one. A little bit different than the second one, am I right? <laughs> All right, Levi, simple question for you, my man. Uh, which one is going to grow more grass? this one why is that one going to grow more grass because there's more seeds. well bingo you hit the nail on the head my man that is the correct answer well done let's give everyone uh, everyone give Levi a round of applause <laughs> you grab a seat my oh, man good job all right that is literally how simple I think the word is this morning for us all right I think sometimes we make the word so complicated like what's the hidden meaning behind this like listen what's the word say Repeat after me. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. All right, one more time. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. All right, awesome. Okay, this I think, what Paul's talking about here. There's this principle in the kingdom of God. There's a principle in following Jesus of reaping and sowing. And it applies to, like, all sorts of stuff, right? That what you sow into, you're going to reap. And the greater amount that you sow is the greater amount that you're going to reap. This applies to, like, right... Uh, like intimacy with God. If you want to have intimacy with God, you have to sow into that. You have to spend time with the Lord. If you want to have fruit that grows in your marriage, you have to sow into your marriage, right? And pour pour into your marriage if you want to see fruit grow into that. What you pour into is what you are going to see grow and manifest. And so Paul's making this uh, very simple yet profound statement of, "Listen, when it comes to your finances, you have to sow generously if you want to reap generously." Like the past two weeks we talked about specifically the heart, giving yourself to the Lord, loving the Lord, loving one another. But there comes a point when you can have the greatest intention, there comes a point when you can have the greatest motive, but you have to pull the trigger. Am I right? Like he's saying, great, you've set aside money in your heart, you've decided what to do, you're right before the Lord, you love these people... But now it's time to actually sow. And what I want you to do is sow generously. And here I think he's talking specifically about sowing with our finances. To give money to those in need. To give money where the Lord tells you to give. And I'm not going to go into all that detail. Listen to it two weeks ago if you want more information on how to listen to the Lord and walk in step with what he says to do with your finances. But the point being, I think Paul's saying is, are we going to be a people that sow generously with our money? The question then is, when we sow what is the harvest that we're looking for? Paul tells us later on here, there's a specific harvest that we can expect when we sow generously to help those in need or where the Lord prompts us to give financially. And sometimes the sowing is, when we sow uh, generously as the Lord leads us, we can expect a harvest, it says in verse 10 and 11 here, I'm not going to turn there, that when we sow, we, the sower, gets a harvest of generosity you want to grow in generosity, yes, have a heart that's right before the Lord, but you will actually start seeing your heart grow in generosity when you start to give money away. It is the actual sowing of the money. Uh, and now listen, listen. There's all this like crazy teaching out there that talks about, yes, yeah, sow generously into this ministry, give this money away, and the Lord's going to dump all this money back on you. Nah, that's not true. Now he might do that. But if our hope and goal for harvest is that, oh, what I really want to see harvested is a ton of money, that is the wrong motive. God's goal for you is not to make you rich, though he might make you rich. The purpose is not ultimately your riches. The purpose isn't even just to help people. God's ultimate goal for those that profess the name of Jesus Christ is that we would be conformed into the image of Jesus. Why is generosity so important? It's not like, oh, generosity is a nice thing. It's just what Christians do. We are to display, we are to manifest the Christ-like character. And Christ-like character is one who is radically generous. He gave up the riches of heaven and humbled himself and became a man and gave it all. He gave himself completely and fully with great generosity. That is the kind of generosity that God wants to manifest within us. And one of the primary ways he wants to do that is with our finances. Now again... This is not a plea for your money. This is not a plea to give Moran Park more money. Listen, listen to two weeks ago. The Lord doesn't need your money, right? I already told you that. But what I am saying is, God wants to cultivate in us a heart of generosity. And some of you this morning, it's simply going to mean you pulling the trigger to actually give money where the Lord tells you to give money. That's what's going to continue the growth of uh, generosity within you. But here's the thing. When we sow generously, like my friend did here, when we sow generously, it not only produces a crop of generosity within us, helps us grow in Christ likeness. It says later in chapter 9 that there is a harvest that comes into those that we are sowing into. Practically, when there's a need that you are financially helping with, when there's a need that you are helping support, it says that a few things take place. One, you actually meet the practical need. So often, Um, Yes, it's true. God can provide miraculously without human intervention. He did that through manna from heaven, right? He did that through, there's like a, what's the story, coin in the fish's mouth. But oftentimes, God chooses to work through his people. God chooses to supply the needs of one another through you, the church. But here's the beauty, it says. When we sow generously, when we help those that are in need... Um, what ends up happening is, yes, their needs are met, but that's not the end goal. The end goal is that they would see God's action and hand in their midst, and they would in turn give praise and glory to God. When you and I are generous with our money, it is a way for other people to see the Lord working and get, get what he deserves, which is praise and glory and honor to him. Giving money is much more than just meaning practical needs, though that's part of it. But people see the love of the Lord in that, and they worship the Lord. Then it goes on to say, not only that, but they see the, the love that we have for them, and they grow in love for one another. So that when you guys are generous with each other, and financially giving, and supporting, and caring for one another, we get to see that with one another, and our heart grows and going, wow, that's some radical love for one another. I want to grow in that kind of love. And the end goal of that is that God is praised and God is glorified. But here's the issue. (laughs) If you're like me, you see someone in need, especially like someone that's asking for money on the street or someone that you see across, that you know is in financial trouble. If you're like me, my first response isn't to like, yes, I should sow generously. I want to sow, sow, sow. My first response is to assume what kind of soil it is. See, the thing is when you sow, not every seed that you sow is going to grow. Not every seed that you sow is going to grow at the same rate or produce the same kind of fruit. Uh, any, any gardeners in the house? A couple of you. Right? This is the most annoying thing about gardening. You plant the same seeds, you plant them all up and down, and ha- for me, like at least half of them don't come up, and then the other half of those don't even turn out right. But my job isn't to predetermine and look at the seed and go, this looks like one that's going to grow. You're a keeper, Right? This one you look like, no, this, is, this one's going to grow. You have no idea. Your job is to simply to plant. You don't know how the soil is going to respond. And in the word says in 1 Corinthians that our job is to simply plant. And then, yes, there's a time for watering. But it is God that ultimately causes the growth. And so often we are not generous with one another because we think it's on us to cause the growth. And we assume how the soil is going to receive it. And therefore we don't even step on generosity. Anyone else besides me? The Lord's been stirring in my heart this week of erring on the side of generosity. Because my heart's naturally pretty stingy apart from Christ. And so there are times, like even really practically, when you run alongside someone on the street that's asking for money, my first, this is sad to say, but my first temptation is not, oh man, how can I so generously into this person's life? But like, I wonder what they're going to use it for. Right? Why would I assume that? Rather than even asking what's their story is, what, asking what's God been up to, asking what they need. Because the thing is, yeah, we're going to sow financially in someone's life, but there are other ways to sow in their life, too, and someone's just relationally getting to know them, hearing their story, care for them in other ways. Maybe someone has a financial need, and the Lord tells you, maybe not to give financially, but to give, give food, give time, give a ride. There's a lot of ways that we can sow in other people's lives, but like me, I don't even step into that. I don't even ask the Lord what he wants to do so often because I'm like, I don't know how they're going to use it. Okay, moving on, right? Rather than saying, okay, so what? So I get taken advantage of sometimes. So they're not going to use it for what they say sometimes. Who cares? It's sometimes just a couple of bucks, and what it does in my heart is worth that couple of dollar investment for me to take advantage of sometimes. And so often, they're not going to take advantage of you. They have a legitimate need. And sometimes we need to stop and just ask them what their need is and get to know them. Sometimes it's easy, right? You're like, okay, I don't know the person. I can give a couple bucks here and so... (laughs) this gets super messy, right, when you know them really well. Someone comes to you again, they're like, hey, Brenton, man, um, I'm running into some financial issues, can you help me financially? And I know all the the financial mistakes that they've made. Now, I'm not saying that we just give money willy-nilly, but I am saying if we understand that it's all the Lord's and he wants us to sow generously, maybe the thing we do is ask the Lord how he wants you to sow in that situation. Rather than writing it off completely, saying, okay, Lord, how do I best sow into them? Because if they're a believer in Christ, their ultimate goal isn't just financial support. Your ultimate hope for them is for them to grow in Christ-like and maturity in Jesus Christ. So the question may be, okay, yes, the Lord may want to give financially, but what are other ways that the Lord would want me to sow into their lives, sow into their situations, sow into their circumstances that I could walk with them? And honestly, I love Josh nailed this last week. Sometimes it's so much easier to give someone money and walk away rather than spend the time in the relationship and walk with them through the midst of the muck and the mire. The Lord, I believe, is calling us to radical generosity as a church. And again, this is not some fundraising plea. Do not hear me say that. But I believe that the Lord is calling us to uh, radical generosity with the Lord and with one another. And that means that we do that with all areas of our lives, but especially our finances, saying, All right, Lord, how do you want me to sow? And that we'd be people that err on the side of generosity and sow generously. And yes, it's true, not all seed that we sow is going to take, and not all seed is going to find good soil. But that we would uh, trust the Lord that some of that seed would find good soil and produce a great harvest. That when people see the Lord work in power and provide radically, in turn, that God would receive the praise, the honor, and the glory that is due. Now listen, I I know. You're like, okay, but what in my situation or this situation this? I know, I know, I know. There's a bazillion situations. I'm simply saying, ask the Lord what to do. Err on the side of generosity. And let's watch the Lord grow generosity in your heart. Cool? That crying means we're done. All right, let's pray. <laughs> as I pray, I'm going to invite uh, Suzanne to come up. And she's going to give us a little time of response as Suzanne, uh, as I pray. God, I pray that this would sink in our hearts. And as Suzanne encourages us to seek you, God, I ask that you would stir uh, in us specifically from you. That we'd hear your word clearly. That our lives truly would be laid on the altar that we would not be stingy, that we would be wise, yes, we would be good stewards, yes, but that we would seek to give, we would seek to, to help, we'd seek to, to walk with those that are in need. Um, and so I, I pray, God, that you would speak specifically to us. I pray, God, that you would give us wisdom and insight in the specific situations that come to our mind about what about this or what about that. Some of them are really hard. Some of them are really complicated. Some of them are really messy, but I pray to you that you are a God of wisdom, and that, God, you will pour out wisdom generously in our situation. So God... When you work out the logistics of the wisdom, God, I pray that you would first work in our heart to say, ah, I want to so generously. I I want to be a a generous giver. I want to help those who need need help, God, and that we would not be stingy. So I thank you for being generous with us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Suzanne now uh, is going to walk us through a response. Thanks. Yeah, it should be on.
3: Okay. Uh, Children who are fifth grade and down, please stand up. Up, 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 up. Just stand up. There you go. There you go. There you are. Okay. Now, we've talked about our hearts being right and generous, and we've talked about giving money. Now, I know you're not all deep pockets. That means you don't all have a lot of money, right? Or maybe you do. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. I want you to ask the Lord. Adults, you can do this too. And imagine... What it would look like, actually, being generous with your money, maybe even a gift card you got for your birthday, ask him what he would have you do with that. So just think a minute. Ask the Lord. How could you be generous, Lord? Teach us. Okay, I want you to act on that this week be brave take a step of faith you can sit down and be generous with whatever you have yes we talked about money today but I saw Anna use her gift of sign language this morning and the brothers came to chat too right up here up front awesome that is obeying so Let's pray. Jesus, even the least, our children, Lord, can walk in obedience, can be generous of heart, be generous with their words, with their actions, with their love, and with their money, their gifts, um, things that you've given to them that were purchased with money. So we thank you and we praise you, and um, we do it for your glory and for your honor. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.